The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. My guest today is Burt Brantley. Burt, welcome in. Glad to be here. Bert is now the Chamber of Commerce CEO in the city of Savannah, which I am today. I want to thank the fine folks at the Hyatt Regency on Bay Street. If you are looking at planning a long weekend, it's 100% where I'd go. As for the Riverview Room, perfect. You can watch, you can watch ships. I mean, it's, not, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, who buys all this stuff? Especially if you have a kid that loves big ships yeah if you've right. got a child who's yeah. like into boats yeah it, i mean it's awesome and so the last time we spoke i do not have people twice in the same calendar year unless there is a significant shift in career and vocation and taking the ceo job at the city of savannah is certainly not being the deputy chief of staff for governor brian kemp but i imagine you still probably have a pretty good relationship with him he wasn't super mad at you when you left for sure yeah no he was he was actually here the day before we taped uh opening a new uh amazon facility uh down here and he gets down here a pretty good bit i mean with all the economic development success uh with the the visitation um the ports uh all the things that are going on down here he's uh he's down here a good bit when you how does let let's talk to the kids at home let's assume you're sitting in you know, a, a staff role for a elected official like you were, and you have sat at, you know, at, at pretty high levels in other organizations within the state of Georgia, the department of economic development, which has afforded you the opportunity to see the world. And prior to that DOT is probably not as fun as economic development, but they're important. All, all important. Asphalt's just, sure. you know, I mean, sorry. Without sorry. that stuff, nothing else <laughs> works very well, yeah. right? So it's all builds on each, on each other. As you, how does it come about that somebody reaches out to you to take a job here? Yeah, I mean, this is the boring part of the of the interview. You may want to cut it, but it's uh, it's a search firm. You know, uh, the, these uh, particularly chambers and, and other um, uh, other business groups will hire a search firm to uh, to identify maybe non traditional candidates. Uh, you know, clearly uh, for a chamber of commerce, uh, someone who's run another chamber is an obvious. You know, place to go or it makes sense yeah or another uh, trade association that deals in the in the business world and uh, and so um, but but it, it's worth shaking the trees to see what what else is out there and you know we, we had just done so much work down here uh, through the ports uh, and through uh, all the economic development projects uh, that we've worked and uh, on transportation as you well. you knew everybody yeah well not everybody but pretty close uh, and I was really surprised that actually uh, the the network I had down here um, Considered, I never had. I've only lived here uh, for about six weeks during the 2004 G8 summit, uh, which was hosted at Sea Island. But all the media, the international media, was all here, and they were all across the river at the at the Savannah Convention Center. Uh, and so I was working at state government at the time, working at the DOT, and and I lived here for six weeks while we hosted the world's media. We helped them find stories to report on, in addition to the things that were being discussed at uh, at G8. But but a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues, a lot of coworkers. 
uh, people that I've, I've gotten to know over the years. And so, it, yeah, it was a, a search firm that called and said, you know, we, uh, we think you would be an interesting uh different kind of candidate for this, not your typical. You said, I am interesting. I am interesting for sure. Uh, I don't know if this will work out, but yeah, this will be interesting. And so uh, that actually started last uh, July or August. And so we were in the throes of the, of the reelect at that point. Of course I was on the, we talked about this. I was on the governor's office side, not on the campaign side. So we were still uh, governing. We were still making sure that, uh, that the boats were running on time uh, and the governor's, you know, attention was certainly some on re-election, but then some on, uh, on keeping the state rolling, make sure we were uh, doing the things we needed to do. And so uh, it was a busy time. And, and I told them I was glad to, to talk and, you know, work the process, but I had, you know, priorities that I had to make sure I, that we, that we kept up to. So, um, so yeah, so that went through the process and, and it was probably uh, in, in, in late October ish is when, you know, we, uh, we kind of got the word that it was, it was probably going to happen. And we waited until after, uh, the election to, to make the announcement. But, uh, and then, uh, I stayed, uh, in the governor's office through the end of January, because January, if you remember, we had the governor's inauguration, we had Davos, uh, which I spent about a month, uh, preparing. Did you go? Uh, I didn't go. Uh, uh that uh, would be awesome. It would be awesome. Uh, but sometimes you, have to, to let go to the to higher ups and let them uh, let them get the chance to experience it. But I did a lot of the planning to get ready uh, for the trip, setting up a lot of the meetings, figuring out what uh, what panels he would go to, what he participate on. It's a, a ton of planning that goes before that. And I have to tell you, our our Atlanta companies that go there, and in particular Coca Cola, uh, were an incredible help to us in figuring out how we can maximize our time there, maximize the governor's time there to make sure he met with the right companies, that he was in the right uh, rooms at the right dinners, you know, to, to make sure that Georgia uh, was really uh, highlighted in, in a really good and, and smart way. And it was really a, a really successful trip. And then we had the governor stay at the state address right after that. So we had this sort of back to back to back. And I just couldn't leave while we had all those, all those things pending. So February 1st was my official start date here, but it was a, a, a months long process both for them to figure out if I was the right candidate, but also for me to figure out this is a big life change. It is uh, not living anywhere near Atlanta. Yep. Which I say that in all the best ways is I'd take my pretty self to Tybee Island this morning with my surfboard. <laughs> I was like, I could do this. Yeah. I could a hundred, I could a hundred percent do uh, this. Look, I, I love Atlanta and the folks, you know, here will tell you that I, I, I do not ever um, uh, denigrate or talk bad about our, our capital city because I, I had an incredible uh, time there and I really do love it. Uh, this is uh, this is different. It's smaller. This is a small town that has a lot of big city, but it's so attributes. historic, man. And, and, and you can't find, I mean, maybe you go to New Orleans and, uh, and, and Charleston and I mean, there's a couple other cities around, but it's hard to find a 290 year old city with the, uh, the squares, uh, the, the the preservation that's happened here for a lot of our history, but yet a lot of forward looking uh, in terms of there's new investment in hotels and new investment in our convention center and the ports. And, and now we've got these, uh, these incredibly uh, important manufacturing facilities that are coming to our region. So we got all this, our military down here is an incredible uh, part of our economy uh, of Fort Stewart and Hunter Army, Hunter Army Airfield as well. Uh, and so all those pieces put together, when you think about Georgia's strategic industries, we, we kind of have them all here, uh, but just on a little bit smaller scale. Uh, and um, so you get a chance to come in and really uh, help to build that. A lot of great work's been done before. And so hopefully I'm, uh, you know, helps uh, along the path to making uh, the city and this region as good as it can be. Let's, let's look at the, the global GDP. General Dynamics and, and Gulfstream 
is when people think of Savannah that are from Atlanta, that's probably the one that they know. And there's no, you know, no offense to them. They make the G5s all the rappers talk about are now the G700. What, you know, have yeah. you been on one of those yet? I have. That's incredible. Did they take you to Atlanta? Just uh, uh, parked, uh, toured one as it was parked. So. <laughs> Which is still, still amazing. It was still, it yeah. was the best airplane was, I've ever walked yeah, through. Right. Like, you're a pretty tall guy. Do you, do you have to like duck down a little bit? No, I mean, a little, but not a lot. Uh, and they've, they've, they've planned for that as a little extra headroom in there. I, when, as you look at some of the other, so we'll back off General Dynamics and, and Gulfstream. As you look at some of the other entities that people don't know that aren't household names, as you drive the economy forward down here, it's really a strategic part of the country. It really is. And, and I'll quickly just say this about Gulfstream before we get too far away. The, the thing to know about them, they make the world's best you know, business jets. Uh, all the R&D is done right here. Uh, almost all the manufacturing is done right here. Uh, it is a it is absolutely a homegrown company, uh, and they take advantage and they have heavily invested in our education system, both in K through twelve and in, in our higher ed. They have done all the work to to help them be successful and make themselves successful, uh, and and they're doing all that from here. Uh, and so we talk about that a lot because you can do really incredible uh, you know activities here, uh, and and so we're we're really proud of that and we're proud of them. We talk about them a lot. You know, right across the interstate from them is, is JCB, and they're building uh, these uh, these this great uh, skid steers and and, uh, and construction equipment, those kind of things. And uh, and and then you've got uh, all the incredible visitation down here, the tourism uh, that's amazing. Uh, we've talked about the ports, and we've talked about the, the military piece as well. I mean, it really checks every box in terms of you, what you want is a. Uh, an economy that's not totally relying on one sector No, because those one, that one sector, if you, if you are, it's great when it's good, but it's, it's bad when it's bad. Well, if you look at the strategic advantages of a place like Savannah over Atlanta is that military component to here is something Atlanta is a great city. And when Fort McPherson left and Dobbins became a part-time reserve base that essentially, you know, I'm not going to pretend like Lockheed doesn't use it or that, or that there aren't, you know, times when it gets used by the president or whoever, sure. but it is not the military town that it once was. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the robust parts of daily life, there's a lot of things that a military community prop up because the checks clear every two weeks. There's uh, 350, uh, third infantry division soldiers, uh, come out of the military every month. So when we're talking to prospective employers about either moving here or what to do about a workforce, You've got 350 trained, uh, disciplined, uh, very talented uh, folks that are coming out of there, and, and that's ongoing. That continues constantly. Uh, and so, and you also have the spouses, uh, you know, both both men and women that are married to our our servicemen and women. Uh, that's a great workforce as well. Uh, you got the, their their kids that are here, uh, and I mean, they're just really great people to have in a community. And when we've got as many as we have, as big as Fort Stewart is, and then and then the folks over at Hunter Army Airfield. I mean, that's a real important part. We have a military affairs council here that's constantly working to see how we can support them and make sure that they, they're not cut in funding. We've got a, a lobbyist at the D.C. Uh, level that is uh, looking at, at those budgets every year because we can't afford to have something uh, get slid through and cut uh, in favor of somebody else's you know, base in some other, in some other place. And so you have to constantly be on guard about this kind of things. But the, the net result of that is an economy that is, um, that is more able to withstand the dips 
because it's not relying on, on one piece Any one of thing. The, yeah. yeah. When you look at certain parts of Atlanta, you look north of the city of Atlanta, it's heavily predicated on technology. Yep. You know, and that's great. Great. And those are really, really great jobs. Until you see something happen and the focus goes elsewhere. And so I, I think that the people who came before you, yourself, the, the governor, prior governors, seeing the robust opportunity that exists to invest in places outside of Atlanta is awesome. And look, I've spent enough of my life in cities that were not full of 8 million people or in a metro area. There's so much value in something being smaller. You also have a really good regional airport. Yep. Talk about the difference that that allows people here to make. I think it's, it's convenience. You know, I mean, I, uh, obviously in Atlanta, being able to get to most of the world in, in one flight is, is a really strong attribute and something that we sold a lot when we talked to, to companies uh, around the world. Uh, for here, it's really more about, first of all, accessing Atlanta very easily from Savannah. Uh, I mean, I can run out there and park uh, and get on a flight and get there almost as quick as you can. Or you know, Miami or Charlotte. <laughs> right. Really? Almost as quick as you can drive, you know, and, and park. And, and by the time you go through uh, all the stuff in Atlanta. And so uh, it's a real advantage. The size is incredible. Uh, the the amenities are great. They're getting better every day. Uh, and then the places we can fly from here are improving uh, uh, every day as well. And so Dallas uh, and New York and Washington yeah. and Miami, Chicago and New York and, and all, uh, all those places that um, either that you need to go for one stop or uh, go and then connect, you know, wherever you need to go around the rest of the world. And it's a, it's a real advantage for us. Uh, it's a real selling point. Uh, really proud of, of the work they do over there. And they're a great partner for us at the chamber and, and also visit Savannah uh, is part of the chamber as well. So our tourism uh, bureau and we partner with them regularly on focusing on markets. Uh, we're really going after a more sophisticated traveler these days in Savannah. We've got some high end hotels that have been built here, the Hyatt uh, Regency, being one that you mentioned earlier. And they, look, for my money or somebody else's money, <laughs> it is as good as it gets. But there are others. When yep. you start looking around at Savannah, and I'm talking like on Tuesday night. You can spend a thousand dollars on a hotel sure room can. here, the, the, and I never thought that would happen. And and it's it's the, it's the type of people that are coming who want a high end experience. They want a cultural experience. They want to visit our churches and our bookstores and our squares. Uh, uh, they want to do tours around and see the cemeteries. Uh, it's not you're a very old old visitor that came in for uh, you know for whatever reason to go to the bars and it's bougie yeah sure uh, and and so we're we're doing our marketing in Chicago and in New York and in Boston and in DC and those places that are one flight away but also have a higher end uh, visitor as well who's going to come in and pay a, a decent you know uh, a, a meal tab at dinner uh, and pay for a decent hotel room and go and do uh, all these things around town it's it's a, a real um, something that I don't think people expected to your point uh, but something we've seen a, a lot of success with talk about the convention center here you you alluded to people coming and going um, or coming coming in to invest time and assets and look Las Vegas is the convention capital of the world, Dallas, Texas has got a lot. Austin, Texas has got a lot. DC has a lot. Why, why Savannah? So we offer a convention location that's probably a little different than most places, right? So Vegas has got what it's got, uh, to your point, uh, and, and Atlanta does and Dallas. And, and so we're not, uh, we don't offer the same things they do, but what we do is, is the same thing we're talking about, the history, the culture, 
but then also a convention center that next spring will be doubled in size will put us in kind of the top 50 in terms of size of, of conventions uh, flights coming in from everywhere uh, and you can come here and you can you can do your meetings and, and do all the things that, that that conventions do during the day but then at night uh, you can have a great dinner you can go on a tour you can do a ghost tour through the cemetery you can uh, do all those things that, that Savannah's you, become you, known for you can go to the beach you can also go to the beach uh, out to, out to Tybee which is lovely and so it's um, we market you know Savannah is a little bit of a different uh, convention destination uh, than the typical Orlando Las Vegas, Dallas, uh, Atlanta. And so, and we're, we're, we have been successful with that, but only at the regional level, this expanded convention center allows us to draw in the national association of blanks, you know, whatever, whoever's, uh, and that's really going to be a, a real benefit for the city, higher end, more sophisticated, um, you know, convention goers. Uh, and that keeps our hotels and restaurants busy through the week. We have a lot of leisure travel on the weekend, but if you only have weekend, that means you only have part-time employees that are working, uh, in those facilities. And so by having uh, travel coming throughout the week as well as the weekend, you can have a full-time employee who's uh, working in restaurants, working at the hotels, uh, who's doing the tours and all those kind of things. And so it, it makes sense for us strategically to invest in a larger convention center to make that business more robust. And then we've got a bunch of hotels that are built here and expanded and, uh, and they need work, you know, uh, they need visitors to come and, and stay in their, their rooms because those rooms are there during the week, just like they are on the weekend. So it made a lot of sense for the state uh, and for the, the, the region to partner uh, on a pretty expensive project over there to expand our convention center. Uh, but it's really going to pay off uh, in the long term. When you hear the conversation at the Gold Dome around casino gaming and gambling, is Savannah front and center on that conversation at this point, or are you guys taking a backseat to see what happens? Yeah, I don't think we're front and center any longer. I think for a long time people thought uh, this made a lot of sense because uh, of we were such a heavy visitation-dependent uh, economy. Uh, now you're hearing more uh, Lake Lanier and Jekyll uh, and, and other places that, that may not have as dynamic of a economy uh, of a other economy other than visitation, right? The places that are very dependent on visitation, of course, they would, they would think that and believe that, that uh, casino gaming would draw more of that. Right. And, and so of course that would be the case. I think here, you know, we've gotten to a point now where we're, we're so diversified that, um, you know, sure it would bring additional, uh, business, but you know, is, is it the type of business you know, that we want versus other types of business? Uh, and so, I think others others will lead on it, uh, and and we'll follow it very closely to see. Uh, you know, we we can't haven't got sports betting passed yet, and so it's casinos seem like a a, a further step uh, than than uh, uh, if we can't even get sports sports betting passed. But yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes, and I think there's changing dynamics around that, changing attitudes, uh, and we'll see that. But I don't think it takes us to to drive the conversation any longer. There's other folks that are uh, that are stepping up and are really interested in, in moving that forward. When you look at Atlanta and Savannah. If there is an industry that Georgia needs to get their hands around that it lacks in today, and I don't say that with disrespect to anybody, but nobody has everything. If you saw, knowing your background, knowing your work here, something that you thought the state of Georgia was well positioned that it has underachieved on at this point, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, it would be the the, the answer to every question, right? It would be the AI, uh, the really advanced uh tech kind of jobs that because of Silicon Valley, because of all the work that, you know, in Austin with, with Dell and Micron and those kind of places, research triangle. I mean, those, those have been the, the, the types of 
uh, businesses uh, that, that we've had some of, but Georgia Tech, certainly, and, and, and a lot of the uh, work that's been, you know. Lots of smart people out there. there. For sure. Uh, but a lot of those smart people go other places. Uh, and we have we've tried our best and we'll continue uh, to try. Obviously, here we don't have as much uh, in that sort of high-end uh, white-collar fintech and uh, technology jobs. And that's a place we'd like to play in, you know, in the future. Uh, but, but really don't have the population base, I think, at this point. But so many of those folks now can work from home that, that we kind of have an interesting uh, opportunity to, hey, if you're working from home, why not be in a, in a, in a great place to live? With, uh, with good tax advantages life. and a lower cost For of sure, living. right? Uh, and so I think part of that is just continuing to invest in our uh, educational system, both at the K-12 level and then in, in higher ed. Uh, and making sure that we're producing the kids that do the really smart work, and then hopefully they'll want to stay close by. And we've seen some of that with with Georgia Tech, but but you know I think we would all I think everybody in, in our world in economic development would agree that we'd love to see more of it, and uh, would love for the next generation of whatever the thing is going to be uh, to be developed here, and then to stay here and uh, and be manufactured here if there's a manufacturing component. And that, that's a thing that's, that's, we're always shooting for that, but, uh, we've done very well in virtually every other area, advanced manufacturing, you know, you mentioned across the state, not just, not just in Atlanta is really, really doing very well. American manufacturing coming, coming back. And we're playing a big role in that uh, all over the state. So I want to ask you, I noticed today I've come, I come, I drive I 16 once or twice a year in both directions. And it is no secret that along I-16, there are trees that are coming down all along both sides of the interstate. And you and I have had a workforce conversation for years. And I feel like there is no city in the state of Georgia better positioned to take the opportunity at hand with workforce development. What strides and gains have been made that you are really proud of from your time in the governor's office in economic development, touting that workforce development? Because when you hear it in Metro Atlanta, it's kind of a hollow gestured thing. You come down here, it's a real thing. And it's, I I drove past, I was on the phone with RT Evans, you know, this, the president Evans general contractors this morning. And I was driving past Hyundai and I swear to you, it's a mile long. The building is yeah. a mile long. It's not like the trees. I was like, this thing does not end. Yeah. And he goes, no, it's yeah. it's a real thing. And he said, they've got their own general contractor team. He's like, we're glad to pick up the pieces. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And, yeah. and anybody would be glad to pick up their pieces. Of course, of course. Well, look, I, I'm, what I'm proud of is something that was done with no input of mine. So I'm proud of the work others have done. And that's investment into our educational system. Because you could talk about workforce development if you're starting with adults you're, you're starting too late. And so we, if you look at all of our, our high schools here, uh, a lot of them have had private investment from Gulfstream, uh, from uh, ports, uh, from uh, financial institutions. Uh, they have invested in our schools to make sure that the kids know what career opportunities are out there for them. Uh, and then in, in the K-12 system as well. Uh, I, you know, just heard that Georgia Southern has one of only a handful of engineering of uh, manufacturing engineering programs in the entire country. Uh, and that is a, that is a engineering degree that is very specifically focused on working in a manufacturing environment. Uh, Ogeechee tech in Statesboro, uh, is training, um, Amazon workers from all over the country. They're coming in and, and learning the technology that's behind all the, the Amazon fulfillment centers and those kind of things. So I'll say all that to say, there's been a lot of focus and investment on making sure our educational facilities down here uh, have the resources to be able to to train the next workforce. And then SCAD this year, Savannah College of Art and Design, which is totally private, you know, there's no public investment, 
uh, and they're they're uh, doing the things to make their graduates more appealing to Deloitte uh, and Amazon and Google and Microsoft and all those all those places as well. And so there's been a lot of investment there. We just have to keep making sure that the kids that are coming through know what job opportunities are there and their parents know what opportunities are there so that they can take advantage of it. Because if we, the pipeline has got to be there. You have to have the bodies that are coming through and learning what skills they need and then going out in, into the workforce. So there's way more work to, to be done, uh, but there's been a, a huge focus on that here. Uh, and we will continue to, to make that, that a top priority uh, to make sure our schools are ready. Uh, because look, I mean, uh, there's a bunch of private schools down here. Uh, there's a bunch of charter schools and there's traditional public schools. All that's great. The, the educational options down here uh, are for families are really terrific. Uh, and so that's a benefit. And we want to make sure that those kids that are coming out of there are ready to go either to college or to the military or start a business or join the workforce. One, one of those four, they're ready to roll and we don't lose them to uh, not being a successful member of society. All right. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to ask you the hard questions that you could avoid when you worked for governor Kim. I'm ready. So he's got three years left. We know what he's going to do with his life. Are you the guy who's going to let it out of the bag that he's like going to go make a bunch of money or he's going to the United States Senate? I think he's got to decide first before, uh, you give the same answers as Cody Hall and everybody Um, else. Well, They're true. I guess that's the, uh, the benefit of it. Look, I mean, I think he's in an incredible position to be very influential in, um, in Republican politics going forward and, and thinking through uh, who can run. I think we saw candidate choice is really important. We saw that in 22, certainly. Uh, and so he has positioned himself very well, whether he's going to be a candidate or whether he is influential in helping to choose and back candidates. He is in the perfect spot for that. You, you want to be in the spot where everybody is asking you rather than you asking them, right? And so I think he and and, and, and the team has done a really amazing job of positioning him and to be kind of a voice uh, of a, of a wing of the Republican party. Uh, and, and I think that'll continue. I don't see that stopping uh, anytime soon because when he goes to these national events, even in, in Davos and Switzerland, people want to hear what he has to say because of, of the, 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 the lane that he represents. I won't say that there aren't things that, you can't criticize. Sure. There's probably things that he's done there. He's like, I would want that one back a little of bit course. because that's the name. Like anybody who's ever set an elected office knows the shots they want back. Absolutely. Yeah. More so than they want the, the more so than they, they tout the wins in public, but like what keeps them up is not, is like that. I should have <laughs> yeah. read that one more time. I missed it. As, as you kind of look around the field moving into Georgia seems to be the outlier in, in GOP politics. I'm grateful for it. Because I am not the guy who just sits there and ties my ideology to one person. Sure. I don't think Governor Kemp is a guy who ties his ideology to one person. And you've worked for multiple governors who you've agreed and disagreed with sure. all across the board. Yep. To me, it is a fatal flaw to sit there and get indoctrinated by one individual to lead and guide and just follow hook, line, and sinker. And I know now, sitting in the Savannah is the CEO of the Savannah Chamber of Commerce. I'm sure these guys all know that you'd worked for Governor Kemp. Sure. So they're not yeah. they're not distraught over which side of the aisle you yeah. might sit on from a personal political perspective. And Savannah is a diverse place. And I would guess it is a Democrat county, more liberal elected officials, but it seems incredibly business friendly. Are you guys just the current are you the party of currency now in your current role? Yeah, yeah, I think people have wide 
views on that. I mean, I would tell you uh, from my short time here uh, that me and, and our staff and our issues have been very well received uh, at both the city you know, and the county level. And, and, and so you might look at someone and assume, to your point, you might assume they believe a certain way and, and that they care about certain things. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I'll just tell you, I mean, down here, there's a, a real appreciation for, uh, what the business community has done uh, I'm sure. and, and what it you know continues to do and the, the role we can play. Uh, and we don't win every, every argument, certainly, uh, that we, we lose at, uh, our issues lose at city council and, and at the county commission just as much as, uh, as we win quote unquote, but, um, but they, they, they hear us, they meet with us. They're willing to have the, the you, dialogue. You and, you win more than you lose. Well, I, you know, I would say that, that especially right now, uh, and we've got elections coming up, so there's city elections in November and county elections next year. I would just tell you that, that the current uh, folks have done a, a really nice job of uh, just making sure that the environment is, is ready for new investment, ready for job creation, is ready for uh, improving the, the quality of life, you know, for our, for our workers, for our, our citizens. And, uh, and, and so that's been a real um, real blessing, you know, especially for me coming in uh, and uh, not knowing what to expect. But, uh, but again, to your point, we don't agree all the time. When we disagree, we do it respectfully and we uh, we let everybody know what our yeah, what, nobody's what our putting each is. other in the paper for bad reasons. There are people doing that. It's just not just us. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's definitely uh, there's definitely arguments that happen uh, here that uh, that seep into the paper. But but it, you're never going to see that with the with the chamber because we're going to be we're going we have to live here. We our business have to operate here. We're going to be uh, very respectful even when we disagree. But um, I, I think there is a sense here that we're in a unique point in time. Savannah's been a city for 290 years, uh, which is incredible to think about. The decisions that have been made that we've talked about over the years, generations ago, have led to success uh, in, in this generation. The decisions that we make today is going to lead to success uh, and f- hopefully success in future generations. So we have to come uh, understanding the perspective that our elected leaders have, what they ran on, what their voters want to see. And then they have to understand that our business community, our members, have their perspective. And we've got to work together. And there's issues like transportation and homelessness and water sewer infrastructure that are good uh, for housing. everyone. Well, I mean, look, we, those are their challenges. No question about that. And we, we, you know, we can fight all these things or we can figure out how to work together and achieve what we all want to achieve, which is a better quality of life for, for our citizens. And, and not just here in the city, but in the County and in the, in the region. So I'm, I'm very pleased, you know, with uh, the response that we've gotten from the, the elected officials here. And that I hope we'll, we'll continue to get, and we'll see how these elections play out and uh, what, what personalities change, and which ones stay. But this is a town that's, you know, that understands its its position, uh, is very protective of it, and wants to protect its history uh, and its beauty, uh, but also wants to embrace this, these positive changes that are coming for our, our kids and uh, and our grandkids in the future as well. People will laugh at this. I can always tell on my social media feeds based on the guests that I have as to how thought about and cared for they might be. I don't think I have had a guest on, and look, I've had. Vice President Pence, I've had Brad Nessler, I've had Marcus Allen, I've had some really good ones that sit outside of politics, with the exception of Pence. Mm -hmm, And you get a lot of good, you know, the conversations you have with them aren't different. But you can always tell regionally, I knew I was on to something when I had you, and I give this to you as a compliment, and I saw hundreds of people write back about, I love 
this about Bert or whatever. And granted, we'll see how it holds up this time because you were working for the governor that's the right. last time. Yeah. And they might have had to be nice to you. Yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah. But it, but if it's seventy five percent of that on the response when it goes out there in October, and we're just doing a whole month in Savannah, it, yeah. it, we're gonna we're gonna see how everybody holds up. Yeah. Uh, the thing, real quick thing I'll say about that is thank you for that. And that's very nice. And I really appreciate people that say nice things. I, you know, I think that's a credit, frankly, to you for thinking about, uh, cause the reason people said that is cause I didn't do those things a lot. Right. And that was probably the first time that people had heard me or a lot of other guests that you've had in that kind of a format. Well, I knew and, you. Well, that's right. Uh, and we had had a little history going back as well. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I think with these kind of uh, formats, and these kind of shows, uh, you're going to get the people that do the circuit and, and get on everybody's show. No, I don't show. want uh, but Except Mike Pence, that was awesome. Well, that was awesome. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think he does a, a ton of those, at least not that I've heard. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, so, to, and I, we can go back to a lot of the shows you've had. And, and, and I think, you know, trying to find people that people don't hear from every day and may have a little bit of a unique uh, perspective. You know, I think that's, that's part of the magic of, of what you've been able to, to create. Now, thank you to everybody who said nice things. I hope you still say those, but ultimately it's really about you offering a perspective for people to hear from uh, that again, just may not be the things they hear on the news every night. You saying that, but what's funny is that I have a reporter from the Washington post who listens to pretty much everything. And she said, do you realize how many people you have had on that make decisions on behalf of candidates that are running for president or in the scheme of things? And she said, I, I joked with you about Cody Hall. Mm -hmm. She goes, as communi the communications director for Governor DeSantis, she was like, I can't believe everybody hasn't like gone into the archives, found that because you guys literally unpacked the message that you thought would win. Yeah. And the, he's super smart. The beauty of that is that it's authentic. I mean, it's not put on for your show, right? No. I mean, you ask the question. And, and he'll answer it because that's the same way that he's learned from Governor Kemp. And I think that's ultimately when people think about the, the margin that he won by and, and what people thought might have gone a different direction, particularly as well-funded and, uh, and as smart and talented as, the, as, the, as his opponent was. Ultimately, I think people really respond to authenticity, uh, to people being real, telling the truth, even if you don't like it, but this is where I am. This is what I've worked on. This is where we're going to keep going. That more people can, that's the way to get people who disagree with you to still vote for you. Absolutely. Uh, and, a hundred. And that's what, why do people understand yeah, right. what this, it's not hard. Yeah. Treat people well, don't have like a super checkered past and be wildly consistent. And when they disagree with you, explain why. And they're like, well, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's the, the magic. And, and, and I think, you know, people uh, sometimes uh, will underestimate particularly Governor Kemp and other, other politicians as well. Uh, and, but, but if you listen to the decisions he made on COVID on pushing back on uh, major league baseball, the abortion bill that was passed in 19 um, people can disagree with any of those, all of those. But when you hear somebody say, this is what I believe, this is what we told people we were going to work on when we, uh, came into office. And then this, these are the decisions that we made, you know, even the people that don't agree with every single one of those, to your point, at least understands why understands the perspective that, uh, that he's coming from. And obviously that people responded to that, uh, very, very well in 22. And, and I'm waiting to see who the people who are going to fall into that path that has been blazed, uh, and, uh, and, and understand that that's, that's a way, you know, to, um, to, to success. Not only can you bludgeon someone to death on your path to victory, sure. you can also say, Hey, we can disagree and I'm nice and I'm business friendly. When the wind blows, you don't have to wonder. That's right. 
Man, Burt Brantley, thanks for spending some time with me today. Yeah, great to see you. Been another episode of the Ben Burnett Show. See you around, everybody. Come to Savannah. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.